Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, world, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you. So happy to be on Talk Zone. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2017. 81 years ago today on this date, that's back in 1936, Jesse Owens of the United States won the first of his four gold medals at the Berlin Olympics as he took the 100-yard dash, took the gold medal. Hitler was not happy. He went on to win three other gold medals. All right, as you know, my show is a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information, and I've got a show for you today. I'm going to, uh, of course, read some of my dumb news criminal law stories, and we're going to talk about some of the calamity, calamitous things that happened at the White House last week, give you some of my thoughts. Also, why is Twitter losing Users in the United States, I've got some information on that, and uh, we may have uh, some words of wisdom, some news tidbits, and some riddles. Now, I want to get started on the dumb criminal law stories, but first, Gallup has put out a pool, a poll, I'm sorry, not a pool, they put out a poll, <laughs> and it's called News of the Booze, Americans' Drinking Habit, America's Drinking Habits. Gallup has found that in the United States, 62% of our society drink alcohol, whereas 38% are totally teetotalers. They abstain. Now, to break it down further, Gallup finds that um, 40% of most <clears throat> drinkers drink beer, <clears throat> whereas 30% prefer wine, and 20% opt for hard liquor. I don't know where you fall on this spectrum. If you are not a teetotaler, I sort of like my wine more than beer or hard liquor. But, hey, that's me. Don't overdo it. I don't overdo it, and I hope you won't either. So, anyway, that's a little news I wanted to start with. <laughs> news of the booze. Interesting, interesting, interesting. All right, it's been one heck of a week. I've got some dumb criminal law stories here that I've been working on this summer. And uh hope you like them. Let's get started. Our first story comes from California. Now, wait a minute. Don't start the laughing yet. You haven't heard the joke. You haven't heard the story. All right. Here is that story from California. The headline read, quote, no joke, dummy, end quote. It has been reported that San Francisco police are trying to help a professional ventriloquist who was robbed of the doll he uses in his act. The 20-year-old victim was mugged in the Mission District recently. According to police, he suffered minor injuries trying to fight off the suspects who grabbed his dummy. I want to know what are they going to do with his dummy. No joke, dummy. You, you folks may have heard about this next story from California. Headline, jailbreak video. 
Inmates who broke out of a maximum security Southern California jail last year produced a zany video of their escape that included music, news clips, and narration. We learned that the video, shared by a lawyer for the alleged escapee Adam Nayeri, shows the men using tools to cut through metal and rebar, shimmying through plumbing shafts, and rappelling down the side of the Orange County Jail. The feat recorded with a smuggled cell phone ends with all three men recaptured within six months. <laughs> so much for a jailbreak. Now, here's a strange story and a sad story. It's from Colorado. Headline, a case of dangerous vegetable, a case of dangerous vegetable. A Colorado man was sentenced in late July of this year to 16 years in prison for murdering a man who had lashed out at him after buying a $10,000 bag of broccoli under the mistaken assumption that it was marijuana. So Babu Colbert Evans, 26, that's his name, was had been arrested back in March along with his accomplice Terrell Davis. The pair reportedly sold the phony marijuana to two men in the town of Aurora, Colorado, both of whom they shot after the victims complained. One of the victims died. Quote, this may be the first time that broccoli has been bad for someone's health, end quote, said prosecutors. A dangerous or a case of dangerous vegetable. I don't... I, I don't know how you can mistake marijuana for broccoli. Well, anyway, Connecticut. Bad, bad choices, said the headline. Two men in late July of this year approached an out-of-uniform Hartford police officer as he left the police station house, and they asked him if they could buy cocaine from him. This is according to an official report. The men said they needed to go to an ATM machine for cash for, 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 for first. They did do that. When they returned, the off-duty officer had them arrested. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I guess they were just dumb criminals. They asked someone coming out of the police station if they can buy cocaine. They needed to be arrested. All right, folks, we have more here. These stories never go away. There will always be dumb criminals. Story from Florida. Bang, bang, says the headline. A man in the city of Hialeah, Florida, was not happy when multiple AT&T work trucks parked in front of his home. Unfortunately, he did what he thought was the only reasonable thing to do. What was that? He pulled out his gun. He shot out multiple tires and engines before he was arrested, according to the Hialeah police report. Bang, bang. There's another story from Florida. The headline on this one read, His excuse didn't smell right, and yet, deputies stopped and pulled over a driver for expired tags, and they smelled marijuana. The driver insisted he, it was his gloves that smelled like marijuana. It appears that Anthony Macias, 33, may have been correct when he told Monroe, Monroe County Shepherd deputies, that was Monroe County Sheriff deputies, that his gloves have a similar smell to marijuana, according to an arrest report. Because no marijuana was found in the vehicle, 
the uh, deputies did search, but what they did find was 16 grams of cocaine in the Ford E259 truck. An arrest was, in fact, made. <laughs> Here's a story from Missouri. They raised the roof. Wrong roof, though, said the headline. A couple returned home to discover construction workers had ripped off the roof of their house by mistake. A crew of hard hats got the wrong address for a project in St. Louis, tore off dozens of shingles, and took off when they realized the error, according to a police report. We learned that the company will fix the damaged roof at no charge for the McInnes family who were about to sell the home. They raised the roof, but wrong roof. <laughs> Okay, what else do we have here? Nevada. We don't get many stories from Nevada. The headline, Do Not Grow Your Pot in the Windows. Lawrence Arianus was arrested after Las Vegas police spotted marijuana plants on display in his window, his front room window. Arianus did not have a medical marijuana card, which could have made the plants legal to possess. Police seized 15 pounds of marijuana, a shotgun, a revolver, and two scales. Do not grow your pot in the windows. <laughs> All right, let's go back to Florida. There are lots of stories from Florida. First one, the headline for this story read, Yokes on Them. Yokes on Them. Two young pranksters who thought it would be fun to throw eggs at a bicycle rider ended up in handcuffs after their alleged target, an off-duty police officer, chased them down. Lakeland, Florida, Lieutenant Police Lieutenant Michael Lewis was cycling during his lunch hour when he felt something hitting the back of his helmet. The officer then called for motorized backup to pursue the young men in their car. We learn that John Stone and Hunter Jones, both 18, were arrested on misdemeanor charges. For what? Throwing missiles. Yokes on them, huh? Yokes on them. Yeah, all right. Another Florida story. Headline is very simple. Dumb cough. A burglar broke into a house in the town of Palm Bay. Unfortunately for him, the house turned out to be a police detective's home. The detective allegedly spotted Zachary Newman, 25, on surveillance footage on a Sunday breaking into his home and called the police department. Newman was arrested after being found hiding in a porta potty near the home with property he had taken from the detective's house. Doomkopf. <laughs> if you didn't know, that's a German word for dummy. Doomkopf. All right. Got a few more stories here. Like I say, these stories never go away. Here's one from New Mexico. Headline, Nothing Like Cinema Verte. A TV news crew was shooting footage for a story about a spike in crime, and they became the victims of crime themselves. 
The local station KOB was filming in downtown Albuquerque when a thief sped off with the crew's SUV. This is according to a police report. Police found the vehicle abandoned 30 minutes later, and the station featured its own theft in the segment. How about that? (laughs) Here's one from Oregon, folks. Headline. Moron Mom. Moron Mom. A woman used her car to tow her three children in a red wagon. Alana Donahue, 27, believed it would be fun to take her children ages 2, 4, and 8 for a slow spin in a wagon on a busy road in the city of Springfield, Oregon, one Wednesday in July. When she was arrested by police, she allegedly claimed she, quote, didn't understand what the problem was, end quote. All right, okay. Pennsylvania, headline, crime did not pay well for him. Recently, police in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, arrested Joseph Bishop, a 25-year-old from Mechanicsville, New York, for allegedly breaking into more than a dozen cars in one night. Among the items he allegedly stole, $29.94 in loose change, dog treats, three packs of Tic Tacs, two rings or two key rings without keys, and a pack of plastic cups. Crime did not pay well for him. All right, our last story also comes from Pennsylvania. Headline, does crime pay when the meter is running? We learned that a 65-year-old woman in Philly stole a taxi and went on went on to pick up a fare before police caught her. A 23-year-old woman and her baby were in the back seat when police pulled over the stolen taxi. The suspect was charged with grand theft auto and receiving stolen property. There is no word whether the passenger paid the fare. All right, folks, that's, that's all. Okay, it's not that funny. It's not that funny, but any rate, crime may pay. When the meter's running. Okay, well, that's all we have with respect to dumb criminal law stories for this Thursday, August 3rd. We have some other information. We're going to take a pause for the cause. I'm happy to be with you. I hope you will stay with us. We're going to come back and talk about some of the things that went on in our White House last week. It was quite a week. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. Stay with us here on Talk Zone, Internet radio at its best. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. 
give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to consumerdebtcounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Now back to Professor Birdsong for more Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, it is. Leonard Birdsong back with you on Leonard Birdsong Radio. I'm here on TalkZone on Thursdays from 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time until 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Some of you know I used to be a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C. As a matter of fact, I spent much of my adult life in Washington, D.C. I love the White House, been there, take my kids or took my children there when they were younger. I loved living in Washington, but living here in Orlando is not bad where I teach law. You know, people always use the White House for various things. Back Way back in 1981, when I was a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C., there were some activists who wanted to make a statement at the White House. This was when Ronald Reagan was president. They wanted to hold a prey-in on the lawn of the White House. Dick Gregory, who was an activist and a comic, was part of it. A fellow by the name of Dr. Spock, who was a famous baby, a pediatrician baby doctor who wrote a book about parenting in the 50s and 60s. And the Reverend Sloan Coffin, who was the chaplain of Yale, were the leaders of a demonstration back in 1981. And uh, I was on duty in the U.S. Attorney's Office. It was a Saturday. The leaders led a group of people to the White House on the tour they got off the tour and they were leave or they finished the tour and they were supposed to leave the grounds of the White House. Instead, they all knelt on the lawn of the White House and started praying that the wars in Central America would stop and that the United States would not be involved. Well, the White House called me up. I was in charge of what's known as papering on that Saturday morning when this happened and in papering. The U.S. attorney on duty has to make a decision as to whether to make arrest or that an arrest will stand. Secret Service called me up and said, we've got people praying on the lawn of the White House. Dick Gregory, Dr. Spock, and uh, the Reverend Sloan Coffin from Yale. What do I do? Well, I told them, lock them up. <laughs> and that's just what they did. Now, these folks wanted to be locked up because they wanted to make their case for the humanitarian cause of stopping the wars in Central America. That was a long time ago. 
The White House is still there. Last week, some of you may know that uh, there were some shenanigans and doings in the White House that we've never seen. It may be a reality show that the president wants. A recap of what went on was in the Washington Post. We had the Republicans failing to deliver on their long-standing GOP promise to reveal, reveal, uh, repeal rather Obamacare. There is also Trump announcing a ban on transgender members of the military that was apparently news to both the military and Congress. And uh, the Joint Chiefs of Staff don't want to follow that order. Trump delivered a highly political speech to Boy Scouts in West Virginia in their annual jamboree. There were 40,000 Boy Scouts there, and uh, he made a speech that was very political for which the Boy Scout leaders had to make uh, an apology because the Boy Scouts are not supposed to be involved in political matters. As some of you may know, Trump's newly appointed director of communications, a fellow by the name of Anthony Scaramucci, talked about killing leakers and deriding Trump's top aides, Rince Priebus and Stephen K. Banyan, in very vulgar and graphic terms, terms that I cannot use on the radio, but you get the idea. Reince Priebus also resigned last week, becoming the fourth high-ranking White House staffer to exit within little more than six months, along with Michael Flynn, Michael Dupke, and Sean Spicer. Also, the head of the Senate Judiciary Committee, Charles Grassley, told Trump in a tweet that the committee, that is the Senate Judiciary Committee, would not take up a replacement for Attorney General Jeff Sessions this year if Sessions was fired of his duty and if, he kept, uh, if Trump kept undermining him. Now, also, there were rebukes from police organizations, including the International Association of Chief of Police and the police department where Trump spoke in Suffolk County, suggesting that police shouldn't be so nice to suspected criminals being taken into custody. Now, Aaron Blake of the Washington Post goes on to say, to the extent that President Trump wants his presidency in the White House to resemble a rea reality TV show, his mission has been accomplished. But if this is a strategy, it continues to look like a broken one. A president who promised so much winning that his sub supporters would become tired of winning is still creating much, much more drama than progress or legislation. Now, again, I've never seen or heard a week like this in the White House. A lot of people still like President Trump. Maybe he'll stay in office for four years. But some people are starting to sour on him. I was very surprised to read that Peggy Noonan, who was a conservative, she was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan back in the 1980s and then a speechwriter for George H.W. Bush. She is a, writes a column in the New York, I'm sorry, in the Wall Street Journal. And I was very amazed because at the beginning of the Trump administration six months ago, she was high on this presidency and what might come out of it. 
This past Friday, she wrote these words. The president's primary problem as a leader is not that he is impetuous, brash, or naive. It's not that he's inexperienced, crude, and an outsider. It is that he is a weak and sniveling person. It is that he undermines himself almost daily by ignoring traditional norms and forms of American masculinity. Peggy Newman goes on to say he's not strong in self-control, not cool and tough, not low-key and determined. He's whiny, weepy, and self-pitying. He throws under other people under the bus. He is a drama king, a drama queen, and on and on. I have never heard such words for an American president. I've heard a lot of words in my time. Peggy Noonan and other Republicans are starting to sour on this administration. There's another conservative commentator. Her name is Kathleen Parker, and she has written a piece called Trump's Iceberg Looms. That is, Kathleen Parker says that his administration is like an iceberg and the Titanic is going to, I guess, go down. She wrote, among other things, a few Trump loyalists may wait for the last lifeboat, but it's only a matter of time before the administration capsizes. Titanically. Trump's first year agenda is dead on arrival along with health care reform. Going after Attorney General Sessions has hurt the president with conservatives. His chaotic White House operation is a constant reminder that no one's in charge. The cumulative effect of all of these affronts for normalcy, decorum, and democracy is to reveal the profile of a deadly iceberg off the ship of the state's bow. Well, those are two conservatives that I read and found out last week what they were saying about the Trump presidency. I'm just waiting to see what happens. I'm not making a lot of big pronouncements. However, we do know at the end of last week and the beginning of this week, a new page may have been turned at the White House. President Trump came up with a new chief of, chief of staff. His name is John Kelly. He's a retired four-star Marine general. He was put in place after Anthony Scaramucci was fired, after just 10 or 11 days after making his speech using vulgar profanity about some of the people working in the White House. General John Kelly has been appointed to be chief of staff, and to straighten the White House out. We hope that it will work. Maybe he can bring order out of the chaos that has been going on in the White House. I like the White House, and I'd like to see it succeed. But things look really bad. Now, will this general, four-star retired general, be able to bring order to the White House? We hope so. He's a man with a good reputation, served his company well. I'll just leave you with the thought that appointing a general to be your chief of staff 
might be a good idea, and it's been used before. When was it used before? Back in 1972. President Nixon's last chief of staff was a general that he appointed. Haig was his name. Despite General Haig, articles of impeachment were written up against Nixon. However, he resigned. So stay tuned, folks. We'll see if history repeats itself. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio on Talk Zone. I'm here on Thursdays. Love to be here with you. You can read some of my dumb criminal law stories on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. We'll be back with you after the break to talk a little bit about Twitter and what's happening there. Stick with us, folks. More to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, folks, it is Leonard Birdsong back with you on TalkZone. So happy to be with you here on Thursdays. I mentioned my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com, where you can read some of my funny, dumb criminal law stories for free if you want to. But you can also go to my website, leonardbirdsong.com, and you can read more about me, and you can even order some of my books uh, over the Internet if you'd like. You can get them in Kindle or you can get them in paperback. Now, it's interesting that uh, I saw a headline in the Washington Post last week that Twitter lost 2 million users in the United States during the last quarter. Now, why this struck me. I use Twitter myself. I've used Twitter for the last three years to advertise my books and about things that I'm doing, and I I like Twitter. I don't use it like President Trump does. I don't tweet in the early morning hours, and I usually do it to tell people about new books I have coming out or book giveaways, things like that. But there's a story in the Post that went... um, when the United with the United States political class glued to their Twitter feeds or just one Twitter feed in particular, it should be a great time for the social network in the United States of America. But after getting an election bump last quarter that many analysts tied to President Trump, the social media network is losing American users according to its monthly active user numbers. Twitter reported that it had an average of 68 million monthly active users in the United States this past quarter, 
and that's down from 70 million in the previous quarter. Where did those 2 million users go? The article says that overall, Twitter just isn't growing as much as investors would like to see. And that's the main takeaway from the social network's latest quarterly earnings report. Twitter's stock closed down 14% at $16.84 last Friday. Twitter executives say, well, don't worry about it. We grew by 9% overall last year. We think we have stable growth rates. But I don't know. Twitter has bright spots. It says it's got earnings. They want to do more things. They want more people to buy it. But maybe the blush is off the rose, folks. What do you think? Do you use Twitter? Are you a Trump or President Trump Twitter follower? He has several million followers, as I understand it. Do you ever listen to my tweets about my books? Or do you tweet with your friends and family? I'd like to know. You can email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. I think Twitter is a valuable tool. It's free. It's very interesting. Twitter is trying to Twitter is trying. Twitter is trying to make money now by selling more ad and getting ads and getting revenue, and they are doing fairly well at it. I don't know if it's going to last. We will see. Facebook is still prospering, and maybe Twitter will too. You can write me, like I say. Email me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com with your thoughts. Right now, I'm going to give you sort of a long riddle, not the short ones that I do at the end of the show. Bill Davidson is a fellow who I met on a plane, a very inspiring guy. He sends me and some other people that he's met Words of wisdom. And here's one that I'd like to share with you. It starts with the title. What am I? Listen. I am rarely touched but often held. I am small in size, but what I create is unparalleled outcomes. I can kill without drawing blood. I rival the power of bombs, machine guns, and weapons of mass destruction. I kill thousands each day with a simple movement. Think you know what it is? There's more. I tear families apart with a simple flutter. I have the power to build someone up or destroy someone in a moment. I boast a huge range of motion and shape while preserving my power. I can be a blessing or a very dangerous weapon. Are the clouds starting to dispel? Do you know what I am now? Think about it. I can cause strife and pain, or I can bless or curse. I am like the rudder of a boat. I control your direction in life. I am the key to success and power, yet can be tamed by no man. I can be used well 
but one must have wit to do so. I have been compared to a double-edged sword, that for the wise is an instrument of good and kindness, both a fairy of salvation and great success. What am I? Well, some of you may have realized that I am the tongue. And the tongue is one of the most powerful tools that we possess in life. Although it can never be fully tamed, learning to use its power can be the difference in success and failure. Not only your success or failure, but those around you as well. Being a true leader requires that one understand the power of the tongue and how to effectively use it for the greater good of yourself and others. A fellow by the name of Chip Davis wrote this long riddle. And uh, my friend Dave, or Bill Davidson rather, ends this whole little segment with, This week, be mindful of how you utilize this tool. And I say that's what you should always do. Be mindful of how you use the tool of the tongue. Well, this is Leonard Birdsong Radio. You've heard things from my mind. You've heard some words of wisdom. Now for a few news tidbits. I've got a lot of them. I don't know if I can get through all of them this week. But let's hear some of them. Our first news tidbit. Cops fire a nude guy, said the headline. A Wisconsin cop using a stun gun to restrain a naked man accidentally set the man's chest hair and beard on fire. The unidentified 32-year-old man was stranding, I'm sorry, the 32-year-old man was standing naked in the street in Manitowoc, that's in Wisconsin, and ranting that he wanted to harm people nearby, police said. An electric shock from one officer's stun gun struck a lighter in the man's hand. The lighter fluid and electricity combined to spark the fire in his beard and in his chest hair. The fire was quickly doused. What a story. A story from Africa. Headline, Despot Times. We learned that the first lady of Zimbabwe, an African country, said last Thursday that President Robert Mugabe should name a successor. Grace Mugabe told members of the ruling ZANU-PF party, Women's League, that naming a successor will enable all members to rally behind one candidate, according to the TV news reports. Mugabe, the president, is 93 years old. He's the world's oldest head of state, and he has vowed to contest next year's election. I don't know Mugabe personally. I've never been to Zimbabwe, but I would think at 93 he might want to give it up. What other news news tidbits do I have here? All right. Do I like this one? Yeah, I like this one. The headline read, 
Hold the phone. The story. An Australian man hung up on a lottery official who had called him to tell him he had won nearly $17 million, according to a a report. The unnamed Sydney resident slammed down the phone because he was... He said it was too strange to believe, but soon he had second thoughts. He called back and gushed, you've made my life. <laughs> I guess so. All right. No, I don't want to read that one. Then. I, don't, I don't like that one. I got some more here. Here's one. If you went kayaking or sailing in North Carolina recently and are missing a leg, please call the Rockingham County Sheriff's Department. Why? Deputies are seeking the owner of a below-the-dee prosthetic found in the Dan River in Rockingham County, North Carolina. Here's one that you may have heard uh, heard about last week. The headline, Office ID is in your hand. A Wisconsin company that installs small-scale food markets in office break rooms is offering to implant its employees with microchips, enabling them to log on to computers or purchase break room snacks with a simple swipe of the hand. Three Square Market says it expects about 50 employees to opt in. The chips are the size of a grain of rice and will be embedded underneath the skin between the thumb and the forefinger. The River Falls-based company is partnering with Biohacks International of Sweden, which according to a Three Square Market, to Three Square Market allegedly has chipped many of its employees. I say, folks, don't do it. Don't let them put chips in you. It's the first step in making us all robots. Here's a news tidbit that comes from overseas. The headline reads, ATM thieves are all about the presidents. Two Italian brothers were arrested last Monday for allegedly robbing dozens of cash machines while wearing President Trump masks. Turin, Turin, Italy, police said that the suspects aged 26 and 30 were not inspired by the 1991 film Point Break in which bank robbers don masks of U.S. presidents. They were caught, of course, and arrested. Some of you may have heard this sad news. The headline says, See you, see Cal. See you, see Cal. Snooty, the longest living manatee in captivity, died last Sunday, that is a week ago Sunday, after a huge party to celebrate his 69th birthday. This is according to the South Florida Museum. Snooty was found, Snooty was found stuck underwater in an area used only to access plumbing. The Braden Museum said this, adding that staffers are devastated. And many of us in Florida are devastated that Snooty is no longer with us. Well, I am still here with you, and I'll be back for more. We're going to take a little pause for the cause, but I have some more news tidbits for you, and uh, we will do 
perhaps some riddles or other riddles, shorter riddle for you. This is Leonard Birdsong on Leonard Birdsong Radio. Consumer Debt Counselors is a company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Are you considering law school? Then you probably have tons of questions about the application process, the admissions process, the benefits of a legal career, and what it takes to succeed in law school. You'll find the answers to these questions and more in Professor Birdsong's Law School Guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Inside, you'll find helpful chapters on the history of the lawyer, why you should apply to law school, things you need to know about applying, and more. You have the ability and the drive. Now, get the advice that will guide you into the legal profession by helping you successfully submit your application to the law school of your choice. Professor Birdsong's award-winning law school guide, Techniques for Choosing and Applying to Law School. Available for purchase on Amazon.com or through the author link at LeonardBirdsong.com. You're listening to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Here's Professor Birdsong. Yep, this is Professor Birdsong broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. 90 degrees already here today. There will be rain. This is the subtropics. We always get rain on August afternoons. And uh, we like it because then we don't have to turn on our sprinklers for our lawns now i've had a bunch of news tidbits here and i have some more that i'm going to read to you before the end of the show here is one that i think uh, i'd like you to hear this is last week story at least they had some treats to fill the time says the headline chocolate bars spilled out onto a highway in england after a candy-filled truck burst into flames, police say. Traffic in the town of Kent was snarled for hours after authorities cleared melted Nestle Lion bars out of the road. Hmm. Story from the United States, the headline, Cosby Pick Slap. Cosby Pick Slap. A spectator who posted photos and audio online of Bill Cosby's attorney's closing argument, has been found guilty of contempt of court in Norristown, Pennsylvania. You know that a few weeks ago, uh, Bill Cosby was on trial for, uh, I guess, uh, malicious assault of a woman. But at any rate, you weren't supposed to take pictures or photographs of any of the proceedings. 
However, Anita Burroughs, 37, was sentenced to 50 hours community service by Montgomery County President Judge Thomas Del Ricci this past Thursday. The Collegeville, Pennsylvania woman told the judge she knew she was violating a ban on courtroom recording, but she just couldn't help herself. Yes, that's what happens to people sometimes. All right. Here's a story. And I'm trying to see it's from somewhere in the United States. An innovative product was nearly stamped out like a weed, says the headline. The story is from Idaho. A nursery in Idaho was ordered to stop selling homemade weed killer made of extra strength vinegar because regulators said it's not state approved as a herbicide. Quote, with all the terrible things that are out there right now, people got excited about the possibility of using something that's very simple, said Lindsay Shram, end quote, who owns North End Organic Nursery. Shram was finally allowed to sell her weed killer as long as it wasn't labeled as a herbicide. Wow, I've never heard of extra strength vinegar, but if it kills weeds, so be it. A typical Florida story. Maybe it's not a typical Florida story, but here's a story from Florida a couple of weeks ago now. Headline, Man Punches Gator. A Charlotte, Florida man was attacked by an alligator while diving for golf balls one Friday. So he started punching it in the eyes. Scott Lahodic told Fox 13 News the alligator clamped down around his arm while he was diving at Rotunda Golf and Country Club. He punched it until the, he could get out of the water and then hopped in a golf course cart to get help. Lahodic had dived for golf balls since retiring from the military in 1988. He now has 400 stitches, and he thinks his diving days are over. So be it. <laughs> Here's one from the old stomping grounds, Washington, D.C. The headline, that's my old stomping grounds, Washington, D.C. Oh, shoot, my phone, said the headlines. Oh, shoot, my phone. A man looking for a dropped cell phone ended up in a stinky situation early Sunday morning. That's Sunday before last. Tumbling into an apartment building's trash chute. Washington, D.C. fire officials said the man was throwing out trash when he dropped the phone in the chute. He leaned over to check and fell in. The man called 911 from inside the chute at around 3 a.m. the morning. It wasn't clear which phone he used. Rescue crews pumped fresh air down the, <laughs> the garbage chute <laughs> through a hose and eventually hauled him out using a harness. The man didn't appear hurt, but boy, did he feel silly. Oh, shoot, my phone. <laughs> All right. Here's one from Route 66, Oklahoma. Route 66 is trying to pump up its tourist track. How they're going to do it? Operators of the heart of Route 66 Auto Museum in Oklahoma said that they close or they're close to unveiling a 66 foot tall gas pump, which would be the tallest in the world. The museum is dedicated to the history of American auto travel, especially on Route 66. The pump should draw the eye of passers by, according to an executive director of the museum. 
Her name was Lena Holmes. Quote, we're hoping they'll come in the doors after they see the pump, end quote, she said. <laughs> well, these are just news tidbits. I like them. Hope you find them interesting and maybe a little bit funny. I want to end today with a few riddles, as I usually do. I think these are easy. You should get them. There's not going to be, they're not as hard as some of the riddles that I come up with. First riddle for the day. Which hand is better to write with? Which hand, folks, is better to write with? Got it? Which hand is better to write with? The answer? Neither hand. It's better to write with a pen. Next riddle. What is blue and goes ding-dong? What is blue and goes ding-dong? Think about it. It's not that hard. What is blue and goes ding-dong? Okay, the thing that's blue and goes ding-dong is a door-to-door salesman in Alaska in winter. How about that? (laughs) All right. Almost finished here. When chicken, when chickens write letters, how do they mail them? When chickens write letters, how do they mail them? You got it yet? When chickens write letters, how do they mail them? Well, the answer, folk, folks, is they mail them in envelopes. <laughs> envelopes, got it? <laughs> All right, folks. I have fun with these. I hope you get them, and I hope you like them. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. I love being with you here on Talk Zone. I will be with you next week. Next week will be the 10th of August. Boy, time is flying by this year. I'm here to entertain you with some of my humorous stories and to tell you some news about what's going on in politics and sometimes with the law, things you may not know, and hopefully things that will inform you. You can find out more about me on my website, leonardbirdsong.com. You can also read my dumb criminal law stories for free on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. All one word, birdsongslaw.com. If you want to email me, you can get me at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com. I look forward to being with you next week, folks. I hope you have a very good weekend. This is Leonard Birdsong signing off. Talk to you next week. 